Here we go, guys. It's another edition of the DC Sports Huddle. As always, it is sponsored by our friends at MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. I am Rob Woodfork, uh, just ready to roll for this episode. George Wallace, the best GW to come out of Maryland since Gary Williams. And uh, Dave Preston, friend to... College basketball uh, mascots everywhere. The king of the tri-corner hats, and so we're there's one right back there. I see it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I, I can get there's, one for you, Rob. I, it's going to take six to eight weeks. So yeah. the tournament's going to be over by the time we get the tri-corner hats. But you right. can have one for the off season if you, you want. You can wear it at All the right. beach. You can wear yeah. it at the beach. Oh, as dude. As a matter of fact, no rush on that. If it takes six to eight decades, that's still somehow too soon. So <laughs> Lamar Jackson's situation, guys, I am fascinated by, for one, because he is a scintillating talent. He's a guy that, as we sat here and discussed him a little bit last week, I don't think any of us expected that he would end up being on the non-exclusive franchise tag and for those who don't understand what that means that means that anybody in the nfl can sit down and talk with lamar jackson about a contract and all they have to do is meet his price and send two first round picks to the baltimore ravens if they don't match whatever offer sheet they sign him to under those circumstances an mvp a guy who has the resume that lamar jackson has a guy who has the talent that Lamar Jackson has. And oh, by the way, he's only 26, so he's in his prime. His best football is probably ahead of him and not behind him. And yet there's not a long rush. I thought you would see a mad dash to line up to get his services like you would see like at a Best Buy on Black Friday. But instead, a bunch of reports that basically nobody is going to pursue him. Now, the first thing that comes to mind is collusion. Anybody who's paying attention to quarterback that good being available and nobody seems interested, that smells a lot like a Colin Kaepernick-like freezing out. But I will point out two very key components to this. Number one, it's very early in the process. The league year doesn't start until a week from today. Uh, what's a Wednesday, the uh, March the 15th. And really things don't pick up until that the start of that so-called legal tampering process that begins on Monday. The other component of it is he doesn't have an agent. And so there are certain tasks that an agent can carry out that the player himself cannot. And so this is a very layered uh, uh, sort of situation. But the fact of the matter is you have a guy who has the fourth best win percentage in the Super Bowl era as a starting quarterback, 45 and 16 when he plays Ravens are eight and 13 when he does not play. So his importance cannot be understated as much as I hate assigning one loss records to individual players. That, that's not a coincidence. <laughs> okay. So George Wallace, I mean, you would think Washington would be at the front of this line given their situation, but they were one of the first teams that to be reported to be out. Yeah, I agree with, I kind of agree with you about the representation thing. And I think now is a time where he really should have representation in a situation right. like this. No, because... and, and, and also don't double down on the bad decision. Like you can get to a point and once upon a time, I walked into a courtroom thinking that I could defend myself. And that was quickly, <laughs> that was quickly proven otherwise. How'd you do, how'd so, you do? As a matter of fact, guys, I'm, I'm just real quick before you answer. 
I'm going to read this excerpt from a post from um, Pro Football Talk. Now, for those of you who uh, read Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, the guy who's at the helm of it, used to be a lawyer. So in situations like these, his voice is a very unique one as it pertains to things that are uh, more on the business side of football rather than the X's and O's. Now, I'm just going to read this excerpt. Jackson needs an agent to develop and execute a plan for using Jackson's new status under the new the non-exclusive franchise tag to his advantage as teams that are otherwise committed to due diligence for any and all competent players try to bury their heads in the sand as to Jackson, a skilled and connected agent can get their attention. A skilled and connected agent can explain to these teams the path to getting to uh, getting Lamar to sign an offer sheet that the Ravens perhaps wouldn't or couldn't match a skilled and connected agent could work the media to create the impression, true or otherwise, that a bidding war will emerge for Jackson's services. A truly skilled and connected agent could even get a team that truly isn't interested in Jackson to feign interest as a favor, possibly getting some other team to come to the table. If certain agents represented Lamar, certain national insiders with more than 10 million Twitter followers, that's an Adam Schefter uh, dig, uh, would be reporting that multiple teams are preparing a lucrative offer sheet for the quarterback. Whether that's true or not, simply would not matter. These are all real benefits to having a good agent. And these are all activities unrelated to actual negotiation of a contract. Players who choose to represent themselves think they're saving money for services they don't really need without ever fully understanding the full breadth of the services that a good agent can and will provide. Now, you remember when he was drafted, you know, there was all this talk that, oh, he needed to change the wide receiver. He should be a running back and all that. A good agent tamps that down. You go into these negotiations. I mean, if he had a good agent, he might already have the deal. So that is a very important piece to this that, you know, I think at first blush, people don't fully understand. Now, there are position players, guys who are not quarterbacks who represent themselves and don't have the this level of issue. But a quarterback is going to generate more money. It's a higher stakes right. contract. So George Wallace, please continue. Cause I'm tired of talking. I forgot where I was. You did There's 10 minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. ago. <clears throat> I think, um, I think that was all on here. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, I think, you know what? I think also a part of it is this, the whole guaranteed Deshaun Watson things. Owners don't want, yeah. I don't think they want that. And I think that they could be, you said collusion. I don't know if it's how far we go with that, but I don't think owners, are, you know, if that's what he wants, he's not going to get it. And I, it's, I also, that, and it's near impossible thing. to prove collusion. We can say collusion, but there's yeah, not no. going to be, because we still don't <laughs> have proof that the, the league colluded against Colin Kaepernick. Now, correct. The one report, who, who wrote, who was it, Barry, Matthew Barry, about the Washington? Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the Washington. So the one guy that yeah. could do it and say a big F you to the league yeah. is Dan Snyder. I'm going to sign this guy to a, a guaranteed deal, and then I'm out. That's your problem. This is why I think he does it, because he has demonstrated over the years that he is <laughs> very small and very petty. So there are two aspects to signing Lamar Jackson that yeah. scratch that itch for him. Number one, just like you said, a big F you to the owners who are basically pushing me out. Yeah, I'm going to do this thing that's going to set a precedent for y'all, too. The second piece of it is he wants desperately to be the hero. And so what better way... You know, everybody's kind of having him get out with disgrace and everybody hates him and all of this. If you get Lamar Jackson and then you guys end up winning a Super Bowl without him, then he's the one who's sitting on his yacht saying, hey, I'm the one who delivered a Super Bowl and, and uh, I bet you all miss me now. 
That's the way his twisted he, mind works. The far as being the hero, I think that would have been some time ago. Now I just really think he just doesn't. You know, he could. Yeah. He's the he most hated man. He's the most hated man in town right now. He doesn't care. That's what I'm saying. I mean, if that that one thing is yeah. that's the only way he could salvage his reputation, even on yeah. a surface level. And you got a guy like Ron Rivera, who I mean, you trade three first round picks for a guy. You're not going to be around to use those picks if you have another eight win season this year. So well, it'd have to be it'd be two first round picks. But I'm saying even if you work it out to try to get to the front of the line, even if there does oh, become a market, you. right? And yeah, then yeah, you yeah. have to up it to three, and then you yeah, got to yeah, throw yeah. in Deron Payne. Even if you oh, he won't be around higher. for that. That's the same. You're right. That's the same deal. Yeah, he's not around for that. And and same for Martin Mayhew. I'm doing what I need to do so that I can win today. I'm not super worried about 2024 and beyond because I may not be here that long, Dave Preston. I'm surprised that they've not made the move, but uh, you know, again, it's the off season. The, the, right. We're just underway. It's a, yeah. I think eventually somebody is because he, uh, Lamar Jackson does not have an agent. There's no talk. There's no chatter around anything because these agents are the people who create the chatter, even when there's absolutely no chatter whatsoever. Sure. So I think once the legal tampering uh, time begins and once you, you can actually start talking to these guys who are restricted or free agents or what have you. I think there will be some suitors. I, I think there will be some suitors who will say, you know what? We really don't want to pay guaranteed money because that doesn't happen with the exception of Kirk Cousins and uh, to Sean Watson. So owners don't like paying out guaranteed money because the NFL owner loves the image of, oh, I'm spending this money for these free agents and these teams, while on the back end, you know what? They're cutting these guys as soon as they can to save that balloon payment that, in theory, they're going to pay. I'm trying to get my sister and her uh, husband to organize their kids' allowance like the NFL owners. <laughs> well, that would be interesting. And to that point, you know, I was talking with uh, our friend uh, Mike Jakaitis at the producer's desk at WTOP. Uh, in the newsroom yesterday. and uh, Is that interim news director Michael or Jakey, the producer? Because they're two uh, different people. I don't know. I, I thought you were the only one with split personalities. The thing that we were talking about was, what if there was a middle ground here for the owners and the players? Because it feels like this is just the first domino in sort of a push for players to get guaranteed contracts. What if... We started out with the quarterbacks, that being a because of the importance of that position, you know, the money that's associated with it. What if that was a function of that position is, hey, with quarterbacks, we'll guarantee contracts. We won't do it with the position players, but we'll do it with quarterbacks. And we have some set asides in the cap, sort of like an NBA system where you have like a luxury tax where you're allowed to go over a little bit in the name of, you know, keeping your own franchise quarterback or what have you, you know. NFL owners, obviously, they're billionaires. They're used to getting their way no matter what. But what if there was a mechanism where everybody could get what they want? You know, it's like if if you had a stronger commissioner, if you had a way to to get people to the table, if you had a stronger union to get to the table and make sure that this was a thing that starts to happen, that would just be, that would be just so much better for everybody. And again, Lamar Jackson's not doing himself any favors by not having an agent. But right. that could be a way to sort of usher in a new era in the NFL, George Wallace. Well, as far as what? Take, saying it across the board, 
it guarantees for certainness and this, and this guaranteed for and, quarterbacks? I mean, as, as just sort of a, I mean, yeah. And maybe it's a gateway to there being guaranteed contracts, but it's like these guys put their bodies on the line more than just about any other professional sport, especially with, you know, having to go at it in the trenches the yeah. way they do once a week. And now you shorten it by having to go from a Sunday to a Thursday. And but so don't you get it. Doesn't it become just the amount of money? I mean, Right. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like everything, it keeps building up and up and up and up. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, the owners are going to get what they're going to get. There, there's at least one team that's close to having a hundred million dollars in cap space. What are you going to do with that? And they started doing the thing where they roll over cap space to the next year. So if you have a, if you finish the season with a bunch of cap space, then that just goes to next year where you can spend that much more. So it's like, as the money keeps going up, how come players can't get more of a piece of that? We've got the owners right here. We've got the players. We've got middle ground. This is how far the players have to go in middle ground. And and that's always going to be the case. You know, you look at uh, people have complained for years when baseball would have its labor impasses. We lost a World Series. We lost a third of the season back in the early 80s. And there was always labor. There was always threats of that, uh, you know, surrounding baseball. But because they've got a good uh, union, same with the NBA Players Association, that's why you have guaranteed contracts. It's different in the NHL where players are a lot more replaceable because of the way that the game is played. You've got four lines of, uh, of forwards. You've got three defensive pairs. So no one person is so important that you're going to have all of these guaranteed contracts and you can move things around. Football is the ultimate disposable sport. Rosters of 50-plus guys. Rosters of – you've got 53 guys who practice – and who are on the roster, but seven of them, eight of them basically don't count towards Sunday. The NFL owners, until they're forced to pay these guys on some level, they're going to continue to cash checks and they're going to continue to run their business model the way they have been since the beginning of time. And for them, it was it, it was a pain for them to put 49 guys on the roster. Oh my goodness, we're paying so much money. But as soon as they can add more revenue, whether it's a 17th game where it's a game in London, whether it's Thursday night football, they are more than able to do that. And the little carrot, it's a tiny carrot. They're giving these players to put their uh, bodies in harm's way, you know, more and more the short term thinking of a lot of the players who voted for the 17th game said, you know what? I want my money now. I need my money. Now owners are in it for the long haul. And they are not apt to give up an inch unless they have to, unless the, you know, the, the national labor board comes down on them. Yeah. I don't, I don't see you that. Know, and that, that ain't going to happen. So George, would, would you, if you're running Washington and I think they might be actually better off if you did, would you, uh-huh. would you break rank and go after Lamar Jackson? No, you know, I just don't, maybe it's the too much of the uncertainty. You're not the, the type to go rogue either. Well, I, I don't mind going rogue, but I just don't know if I'm going to spend a guarantee that much money. I mean, okay, the last couple of years, he's missed, what, four games each year? Not awful, but at the same time, just the way he plays, is it too much? It just seems, I don't know. I guess to your point, and I agree with this, if there's a quarterback to maybe do that for, it's a guy that's, you know, unanimous MVP yeah. and he's proven he can do this in the league and this league, but I just don't, I'm just not putting all that money in there. I I just don't, I think there's too much uncertainty for him. And again, you know, you could say there's uncertainty for everybody and the quarterback injury is a part of the game. I totally get that. But just like the eye test for me, I would say no. 
And I'm going to be right back. I've always I've always pushed back on the notion that these quote unquote running quarterbacks come with this added risk. I think when quarterbacks run, it's actually a benefit because you can control to some extent how you get hit. You can slide before a linebacker's bearing down on you. You can run out of bounds. There are ways to avoid contact. I will remind people that Lamar Jackson's latest injury came when he was sacked in the pocket. Peyton Manning, who is statuesque in the pocket, that was a guy whose career was nearly derailed because of an injury sustained in the pocket. Like his neck injury, I mean, and and that didn't stop Denver from throwing a bunch of money his way. And Tom Brady's gotten a bunch of money in his career. He lost an entire season of his career because of a knee injury suffered in the pocket. So, you know, when you're a running quarterback, unless you're RG3 and don't know how to slide and like to lower your helmet and try to take on linebackers instead of getting out of bounds, then unless you're a guy like that, these quarterbacks who quote unquote are running quarterbacks have more control over weather and the, to, and the degree to which they are hit. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah, and, and I think that in today's day and age in the NFL, you quarterbacks yeah, not, aren't necessarily running quarterbacks, but we're talking mobile quarterbacks. We're talking quarterbacks who can extend plays in the pocket by moving laterally and be having the ability to go. Daniel Jones is a guy who got paid, and even though he did trip over his own feet, I think was that a Thursday night football <laughs> where he did that? Even though yeah. he did that, yeah. he's a guy who can, in theory, he is just as much of a threat to run the ball as he is to throw the ball inside the red zone. That's what makes him a threat. I, I think the, the reason why Lamar Jackson hasn't got any nibbles is the fact that he doesn't have an agent. And, and if he had an agent, there would be more talk as far as uh, possibilities of him landing somewhere. And also, I have to push back on the notion that you are one or the other when we're talking about running quarterbacks or pocket quarterbacks. I don't right. think anybody categorizes Patrick Mahomes as a running quarterback because he does well in the pocket. He also will kill you scrambling. Josh Allen hasn't had to face that categorization. And Lamar Jackson, for some reason, people think he's not a good passer. Please. I watched his MVP season closely. He had two games where he had a perfect passer rating. Say what you will about, yes, the Miami Dolphins were trash that year. But he threw for five touchdowns in that game. And it wasn't check down Charlie crap either. He was throwing straight up rainbows uh, that were cat that were hitting guys in stride and they were going for big games. So I've seen this dude as a passer. He's legit as a passer. The problem in Baltimore is that they haven't had anybody not named Mark Andrews worth a damn to throw to. As a matter of fact, historically, I had this, so this is another conversation. We talk a lot in the newsroom about sports, by the way. Oh yes. Uh, so <laughs> another discussion we had, who's the greatest Ravens receiver? in the history of that franchise. Steve and Smith senior. And that's the thing. I even forgot that he played for yeah. them. <laughs> my was Bolden there for five weeks. It, exactly. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, that's what you're talking about. Recycled veterans toward the end of their career. That's the best that the Baltimore Ravens in there. And I love Ozzie, Ozzie Newsome. Don't get it twisted here, right. but they have overlooked. And on some occasions, uh, certainly during the Lamar Jackson era, they've ignored the receiver position. So to say that he's not this or not that as a passer, you look at Josh Allen, they went out and got him an elite wide receiving target across the league. These younger quarterbacks are getting receivers to pair with, and the results have 
catapulted them in these in some of these discussions. Chicago is probably going to be the next team to do that because they're flush with cap space. And Baltimore hasn't done that. Ravens fans, all or, uh, Ravens front office, all you have to do is take a second-tier Maryland wide receiver, a guy who comes <laughs> out of the University of Maryland, because for whatever reason, Maryland, yes, they haven't won 10 games in forever, but you know what they do? They crank out wide receivers, small guys who can make big plays, and- guys who can really help your passing game. If you just take the second-best guy, who comes out of Maryland, get him in the third or fourth round, boom, you're going you're gonna to be well rewarded. And to that point, I tell you what, they go trade for another Panthers receiver. You go get DJ Moore, the former yeah. Terrapin, guess how good that passing game is in Baltimore. So that's the thing. I'm, I'm tired of people talking about what he's not as a passer when he hasn't been given the same chance as some of his contemporaries. George Wallace is back, and I want to touch on this before we pivot to Maryland, uh, speaking of Terps. George Wallace back from doing a uh, sportscast, and I just wanted to give him an opportunity because we kind of touched on it very briefly last week about the new format on WTOP. I'm still trying to kind of get the word out so that folks understand we are no longer at 15 and 45, as we have been for many years. Uh, We are now at 25 (laughs) and 55. And so I kind of wanted to give our viewers a little bit of an inside as to uh, sort of our thoughts and feelings about the new change. Uh, George, how do you uh, feel about the change so far? Well, it just, it affects where, you know, when we're doing the huddle, I just leave at 25 <laughs> instead of 15 or 45. And then I come back at 27 yeah. instead of 17. Yeah. I tell you though, it is, it is what it is. It's fine. It just takes time to get used to. There are still times where we're almost we're week and a half into this where I will catch myself at 15 or 45 looking up and just kind of freezing for a second and realizing you're not there. Also, when you're on the air, trying to do the math in your head of when you need to be out, that's, the kind of fun yeah. thing that, but it's a different challenge. Challenge, I don't know what is a challenge, but it's different fun. It's 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 different. You got to switch things up once in a while. But no, yes, I've had a lot of people been here me, long enough that we do this that we could do this in our sleep, and some yeah, days we right. do. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So yeah, there there is sort of an internal body clock that you uh, sort of uh, condition over time that now changes because you have uh, sort of slid. I mean, even driving in my car, I have sort of a sense of when it's 15 yeah. or 25. So yeah. then, you know, I tune in and see what George is going to make me laugh about now. But um, now sliding to 25 and 55, and it also sort of gives us uh, challenges because for those who are loyal listeners will understand that we have sort certain national obligations, CBS News uh, at the top and bottom, right. that we have to hit. Like that's not optional. (laughs) Like if I'm in mid sentence or if like last week, Dave Preston's rambling about Girl Scout cookies, like we're done. And then it's on to the national thing, whether you're in mid sentence or not. So you do have the harder outs. (laughs) You have the harder outs with the uh, 25 and 55. And it does require us to uh, be a little more judicious with what we include in our sports cast. So those of you who want to hear Virginia tech scores and, things of that nature, we're not always going to have time for that. So Castles, not going to make it. Yeah, Castles aren't, aren't going to make it sometimes. I, I think I have yet to talk about a Nationals uh, Grapefruit League game this year. I haven't yeah. had time, just haven't. So 
with those conditions, it does create a little bit of a challenge. But you know, like George said, you know, it is what it is, and uh, and we're rolling with it. And uh, so far, we're kind of enjoying it. You know, yeah, you know, and, yeah, absolutely. Please keep listening. and watching. Yeah. And uh, it, it's also uh, March Madness, uh, if I'm allowed to say that. I don't know. I, I, I'm always confused by what the legally the, the legalities of this is. If not, I'll just edit this to have said that backwards. Take the uh, But it, it is tournament season. Dave Preston is going to all of the tournaments. I mean, he's omnipresent this mm-hmm. time of year. And his uh, bracket racket can be seen on WTOP.com. There's been an offering every day this week, and it's a must-read for you basketball Jones out there. But uh, the Terps, as of this recording, have uh, yet to begin their Big Ten tournament run. It feels a little silly, (laughs) our conversation last week, about whether or not they would go to the Sweet 16, given they went from being ranked 21st to losing two very winnable games on the road to lesser opponents. So at this point, uh, Dave Preston, how do we feel about the Terps going into the uh, Big Ten tournament, and uh, what kind of noise do they need to make in order to nail down a spot in the big dance? Well, I think they're all but assured of an NCAA tournament bid. They they would have to lose by 80 and basically, uh, you know. I mean, if uh, they could score and, 80, that would be great. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, would have to, they would have to do, you know, they, they'd have to key the committee's cars, you know, in order to, you know, not make the tournament at this point in time. They have a very good profile, one that would make the field. A lot of the bracketologists is we call them have them slotted in the the eight or the nine spot at this time they are the number six seed so they play late which i actually like with this team when we've seen maryland teams play in the big 10 tournament they've had that noon tip off and they've uh they want to sleepwalking lose to a nebraska team that has to because they they're shorthanded they have to dress up harry the husker or whatever the mascot is as their seventh or eighth man i feel much better about this team with kevin willard as head coach playing at the nine o'clock game they could very well lose to nebraska or minnesota in the second round thursday evening i think they win that game and i think they give indiana a decent effort on a neutral floor, I don't think they're as good as the Hoosiers. The Hoosiers are already locked into that number three spot for Friday night. But I think that, as we've seen on the bad side, anything can happen in the tournament. And at least they have 40 minutes to play Thursday evening to get into tournament shape. And they'll be a number eight or a number nine seed, I believe, when they announce the field on Sunday. Okay. George Wallace, the uh, King Turp. How do you feel about the team going into this tournament? I, I feel, I mean, I, I think it's... um because uh, one thing you there, said last week is that you like the mentality of this team under Kevin. Yeah, Will, I, I said that going on, under Turgeon. I said that going on the road, man, they don't worry yeah. about it. Then look what happened to them. But <laughs> uh, I do still think they're a lot of fun. And and uh, so here's how I'll say about that. The mentality thing, suffering the losses like they did, I don't think that's something that will affect this team. Whereas in the past, it may have going in. I think Kevin Willard is going to do an excellent job of getting this team to understand that that is all done now. Now you have a time in Chicago. It's your second season. NCAA tournament's the third season. Coaches like to break it up like that. This is your second season right now. You got a chance. You're going to play a team. If you get Nebraska, you're going to play a team you just lost to. So another chance to kind of, which it probably will be Nebraska, a chance to, um, you know, avenge that kind of loss and then kind of get on another roll. They've had some time off now. I think he's going to do a great job of making sure this team refocuses and they do have an older team. Yeah, I mean, and, and now 
yes, he put the team together in, in a few weeks, nine months ago, but now they're not new anymore. I mean, this, this is a veteran team. They've been together for a while. They know what it takes to get it done. I think he's going to do a good job of making sure they understand that and what it means now going into Thursday night and then the opportunity that they have. You don't want to go into the NCAA tournament on three straight losses, and especially, you know, the, the Penn State loss is brutal. I mean, that's just, it is what it is. I mean, you had a big lead in the second half. A chance, all you got to do is tip the ball, get a rebound, and you're a two seed. Instead, you miss a rebound, you're the six seed. So if this team, I think, is mentally strong like I think it is, then I think they'll be okay on Thursday night. Other locals, gentlemen, in the mix, I know that we just addressed Maryland, uh, Virginia, is the other team that I think if we cast our DMV net out, they're the only other team that's basically assured of getting into the tournament. They're the two seed in the ACC tournament. Uh, they're likely, I think, a four or a five, depending on how well they fare this weekend in Greensboro. Virginia Tech last year needed to win four games in four nights to make the tournament. This year, they're going to need to win five games in five nights to make the tournament. The Georges, George Washington and George Mason, I think it's a credit to both coaches, Kim English and Chris Caputo, that perhaps they're there a year earlier than they would be normally, but again, need to win four games over the span of five days in order to make the tournament. Howard, Miak, uh, top seed for the first time in over 30 years. Great season for Kenny Blakeney and company. They're going to need to win that tournament to get it done. And even though they are the number one seed in his first season, they won two games in March. They won two games the rest of the season. So crazy things happen down in Norfolk during the Miak tournament. VCU, the top seed in the Atlantic 10, they're going to need to win three games and the A-10 championship to make the tournament as a 12 seed. Uh, Georgetown, good luck. Mount St. Mary's, good luck. <laughs> Richmond, too. So I read that in the voice of Liam Neeson in Taken when you said good luck. You yeah. know, like that's that's, that's right. basically how that's meant. Uh, the funniest thing along the lines with Georgetown is that they play Villanova in the uh, first round and somebody threw out the stat Georgetown and Villanova have combined to win the last five Big East championships. Granted, four of them were Villanova, yeah. but yeah. they've combined to win the last five. Yeah, it's uh, it's hard to be a Hoya these days. Yeah, uh, But it's been a great day to do the D.C. Sports Huddle. And always, it is, uh, always. as always, yeah, that's right, always, man. And as always, it is sponsored by our friends at MGM National Harbor. For the latest in Washington sports, visit MGM National Harbor and experience a sports fan's paradise. Uh, signing off here, Rob Woodfork alongside George Wallace and Dave Preston. Enjoy the games, and we will break the huddle again until next week. <laughs>